episode number 75. This is my life and I could do whatever I want with it. The problem with that is it is simply not true. Welcome to the Torah Podcast. Lessons from authentic Judaism. Get the tools and inspiration you need for personal growth. Hosted by Rabbi Mitterhoff. Shalom, this is Rabbi Eliyahu Mitterhoff with this week's Torah Podcast. This week we have the special holiday edition, Sukkos. A special holiday edition. Grab this historic moment and change your life. So I want to start out with the Shemesh Shmuel who brings down here the War of Gag and Magag. We know that the final war before the Mashiach comes is explained in Yechezkel and it's called the War of Gag and Magag. The nations are going to come against Yerushalayim, Jerusalem. So Rav Haigon explains there that's going to happen when? During Sukkot. So the Shem Mishmuel brings the Gemara in Brachos 10a that compares Av Shalom, the rebellious son of David and Melech, to Gag and Magag. Why? Because they're also rebellious. They're rebelling against God. But they're not rebelling like the other nations rebelled because they were jealous, because they felt that they became the chosen people. No, they're just rebelling for the sake of rebellion. It's completely baseless and it's an irrational refusal to submit to the will of God. That's the rebellion of Amalek. Just like we know, Amalek came to attack us also after we went on Mitzrayim. And they knew they weren't going to win. It didn't matter. They were going to just show the world that they're going to rebel. And it's a rebellion just for the sake of rebelling. We see a lot of people have that character. That's a tremendous character in the world today. The people rebelling just for the sake of rebelling. There are no rules. The only thing that's forbidden is to say that something's forbidden. It's a philosophy in and of itself. It's a philosophy of rebellion. And it's a philosophy that states that I don't want to be bridled by any rules. I am the Baldavra, I'm the boss, and I can do whatever I want. Who's going to tell me what to do? This is my life, and I can do whatever I want with it. The problem with that is it is simply not true. For example, a man cannot become a woman. He can try, he can take drugs and do operations, but at the end of the day, he's still a man. And if people want to do whatever they want, at the end of the day, they destroy society, their own society. They will destroy themselves and their children's lives and their wives' lives. If people want to kill, so they can wind up, they can get killed also. Or if people want to be sexually immoral, it can wind up, they can ruin their family also. Just like they're going to affect somebody else's family, somebody else can come along and affect their family. So it's not just health care. It's not a free-for-all. We want society to continue in a proper way, in a healthy way, and, and to have the best possible life. The answer is not to rebel is to go along with who you are and the rules of creation and the rules of society. And the Shem Mishmuel brings down that the Arba Minim are against these qualities. For example, he says, the three main things that we're not supposed to do, that a Jew is supposed to die for rather than do, is idol worship, murder, and sexual immorality. So he wants to explain that the Esrog is against idolatry. Because we know Chazal says it's a fruit that the bark and the fruit taste alike. It's one. Oneness is against idolatry. And the lulav is supposed to contradict immorality. The lulav is like the spine of man. And the hadas, it's against murder. We know that the hadas is shaped like the eye. And most murder comes about because of jealousy. And people lusting after other things that people have. And he adds in that the arava, which is shaped like the lips, that's against gossip, which destroys society. 
So we take the Arba Minim in order to say, no, we don't want to rebel. We want to go in the right way. We want to control our passions for the greater good. And he says that the simcha that we have during Sukkot, the happiness that we have when we take the Arba Minim and we bring them to Shul, and we stand before God with them. We say, yes, we want to go in your way, God. The right way, the healthy way, which we know is a healthy society, a proper society, which is for the benefit and the good of the entire world, for all of us. And after all the work that we did on Yom Kippur to purify ourselves, to push away the temporary pleasures for the greater good, which is maturity, which is understanding that's the only way that life is going to work, so therefore we have the sukkah, because the sukkah is protection. It's protecting us from our sins. It's protecting us from the influence of the world. And it's giving us a new level of consciousness that we should continue in the way we're going on Yom Kippur and continue that way in the right direction. And Ravobi explains like this, we know the halacha is that if a sukkah is greater than 20 amos, about 30 feet high, we know that it's invalid. Why is it invalid if it's greater, if the skak is above 20 amos? Because it's not in the person's consciousness. They can't see it. When you walk around, you don't look up. You don't see what's above. It's outside your field of vision. So he wants to explain that Chazal is telling us a very big secret, which is that the knowledge of God has a parallel to the knowledge needed to fulfill one's obligation of sukkah. A person has to acquire a knowledge of God which is tangible which is real. The Bali Musa called this Amunis Chushis. In other words, your Amuni, your faith is real. And just like you see the sun come up, so you believe in God. It's real. It's not something in your imagination. It's not something above 20 Amos. And he brings the Vilna Gon who says that the Sukkah has the ability to give us this Kokos, this strength, these ideas that are coming in through the Sukkah. The Sukkah is a spiritual thing. Why? Because it's totally unique. In this sense, envelops the person. When you're in a sukkah, you're inside the mitzvah. Unbelievable. You are totally inside of a mitzvah, which symbolizes God's glory, the clouds of glory, and the presence of God, which we are totally inside the presence of God as we live this life. And everything is shkakapratis. Everything that's happening to us is sent by God. God's involved with us. We're living as if we're living inside God. We're living in the presence of God. And Rav Dessler brings another aspect of the sukkah. Since the sukkah is a temporary abode, what do we do? We go outside of our houses. There's a sukkah, everybody sleeps in a sukkah. We're outside sleeping in a hut. What does this tell us? He says like this, It's to remind us that the whole world is nothing but a temporary abode. All material pleasure and success are transcendent. And our dreams of establishing ourselves in a real position in this world are nothing but fantasy. We're living in a dream. We think we're going to live forever in this world. We're going to have these big houses and castles. We're going to build up an entire life. But after 120, you leave. Anybody with any seichel, anybody who's really examining what is life about, knows that this world is temporary. And he's dreaming if he thinks he's going to live forever. Nobody lives forever. And another aspect that the Shemesh Mo brings by Sukkot is during the time of the harvest. And he wants to say, just like physically we have a time of a harvest, we also spiritually have a time of the harvest. He says, like a spiritual reaping. The sum total of this ingathering is the real person, which represents what he made of himself after the layers of dross have been removed. 
and it's the true person he's going to be for the rest of the year. In other words, right after Yom Kippur, we go into a sukkah at, at the time of gathering, which means we get in contact with who we really are and where we're really holding after we worked on ourselves. Everything's calmed down now. We're in a state of happiness because our sins have been forgiven. But at the end of the day, who are we now? Who's the real person? And this is the difference between the Jews and Amalek. Here we are, the Jews. We're in the sukkah. We're humble before God. We're willing to do his ratzon. How can we possibly rebel with the awareness of that we're living in a temporary world, standing in front of God in a small sukkah? How can we possibly rebel? And where did we get this quality from? From Aaron Cohen. We know that this chus, the clouds of glory, which we have during sukkahs, which the sukkah represents, which is the clouds of glory, come from Aaron Cohen. And what was the meter of Aaron? Humility. The Shemesh says, Aaron personified bashfulness. This is, of course, the absolute opposite of the arrogant, self-seeking nature of Amalek and his spiritual inheritors, Gag and Magag. And that's why we have the clouds of glory at the time of Sukkot, because it's the antithesis of Amalek. We're not rebelling. We're humble. Anybody with any seichel, any intelligence, sees that this world is temporary and understands that's for society to work. He has to go in the way of God, in the way of mitzvahs. Not to murder, and not to steal, and not to run after immorality. How's life going to work? He's humble. He understands that the world was made with rules. A boy is a boy and a girl is a girl. You can't change that. There are rules in life. And that's exactly why these people want to change all these things. What's the real philosophy behind all this stuff that's going on in the world today? There are no rules. We can change everything. We have science, you know. We can change everything and anything. But it's nonsense. Man is nothing. What is man? When we move into our little sukkah, we understand who we are. A temporary dwelling in a temporary life with a small amount of influence. And we are all subdued by this world and God standing before us with us as his creations. And understanding that we cannot rebel. It's not worth it to rebel. We have to live as we were created to do the right thing, to push away our temporary pleasures for the bigger good, for the greater good. And the end, any success that any person ever had, and any pleasure, real pleasure, that a person had, was by pushing away the temporary desire to rebel, to succeed in anything. If you want to become a great athlete, you can't rebel. You have to get up every morning. You have to go exercise. You want to become a great writer? You're going to have to write every day. You want to become a great businessman? You're going to have to work every day. That is the nature of life. And that's where the real happiness comes from. And that's what Sukkah is coming to teach us. Not to rebel and to be humble like Aaron Cohen and to accept that God is the master of the universe. Thank you for listening. To get more enthusiasm for your Judaism, become a free member at globalyeshiva.com.